0: Line as well, but just thank you for all being here. And we're going to take a minute to sow our ties and our offerings. We've are got cheerful givers here at Lakewood, so thank you for being so faithful. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to be here with friends and family members tonight. Lord, we love to celebrate your goodness. Lord, we thank you tonight for all that you've done in our lives, and you brought us Here on a Wednesday night, alive and healthy and strong, full of faith, we may have obstacles, but we know you're bigger than anything that we're facing. We know that you've given us grace for every season. Lord, we're not focused on our problems. We're focused on you. We know you can turn any situation around. You can bring dreams to pass. Lord, I just thank you that you've got the right people lined up for us, the right opportunities, the wisdom, The ideas, the good breaks, the creativity, the protection, the favor. Lord, we thank you that you've got it all figured out. So we come back to a place of faith tonight, a place of peace tonight. We just thank you for everything that you've done. Lord, I thank you tonight as we give that you'll multiply back every seed that's sown. Lord, we just thank you for what you said, that you'd open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessings that we could not contain. Lord, we thank you that you're a running over God, not a barely-get-by God. So I thank you tonight just for releasing your goodness in new ways. Lord, we thank you. You said you would rebuke the devourer for our sake. So we thank you that you, we've got a hedge of protection around us, that the number of our days you will fulfill, that you'll get us to where we're supposed to be. I thank you, Lord, that no discouragement, doubt, fear, anxiety, sickness can stay in your presence. But even tonight, in the name of Jesus, Every force that would try to stop us is broken. Father, that we're going out of here free, ready for the rest of the week, and ready for an amazing 2013. We love you, Lord God. We thank you for this ability, this uh, opportunity to be here. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you give. Come on, welcome John Gray tonight as well. How about John?
1: There is something in the atmosphere tonight. <laughs> Clearly, God is about to do something significant on a Wednesday. I'm always sad when the band descends into the abyss. Because <laughs> I want them to keep going with the, Nothing can separate us. I love that guitar, you know, I'm just, you know, but anyway, uh, I'll sing on my own, I don't need a band, Mm. what an awesome night, what an awesome moment, is anybody else ready to get into part two of Dominion, let's, for those who, who weren't able to be with us last week, the Lord shared something with me, and I felt that it was time to share it with my Lakewood family, and it was on the principle of dominion. And dominion is not something that you hear a lot about, but it is something that God spoke about first in Genesis. And it is so significant because if we get the principle of dominion, we will begin to walk in a place of authority, in a place of power, a place of prominence that God had originally intended for us to walk in. Most of us live our lives daily underneath the full potential and privilege that we have as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I'm tired of living beneath everything that God says I can have. And this is not about material things. This is about who I am as a son of God. This is about who I am from the creative mind of God. This is not about getting things. This is about being who it is I was created to be and you being who you were created to be. So I want to do a quick uh, recap of last week for those who were not here and for those who were here to refresh you, just a couple of bullet points so that you can get caught up. First of all, in Genesis 126, on the sixth day, God says, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. And the word image is like a snapshot, a picture from your phone, but a likeness is a 3D rendering. It's like God dipped into the ground and he took dust from the earth breathed into what he formed and man became a living being. And when God said, let us make man in our image, it's the first time that God put his hands on something. Everything else he spoke, you're the only thing he touched. It's important for you to know this, because sometimes you feel distant and disconnected from God, and that is the lie of the devil. He wants you to feel, I'm by myself, and nobody loves me, and God forgot about me, and he don't care no more, and I, uh, where is God? And God is like, you are me. We are connected. You came from me. You're, everything that you have is from me. In me, you live and move and have your being. I can't deny you because you came from me. The very substance of your being came from the mind of God and the breath of God. You are alive right now and aware of who you are because of God's love. Everything in your life, and this is a hard principle to grasp, especially for those of us who have gone through suffering or pain or loss or lack, but this is a principle that you may want to write down. Every single thing that happens in my life is motivated by perfect love single thing that happens in my life is either God ordained or God allowed. It's very important as believers, you need to know that there is nothing outside of God's realm of protection and his reach. There's nothing that happens in your life that catches God off guard. Now, what happened? What? John got sick. What we going to do up here? I don't know, Holy Ghost. Well, Jesus, what you going to do? Well, Father, you in trouble. Well, I gave you authority. What about you, Holy Ghost? You're supposed to be down there. There is nothing that heaven is struggling through when it comes to you. Everything has already been taken care of. You need to get excited about that early. Let us have... Let me make man in our image and in our likeness and then let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beasts of the field, and over the fowl of the air and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so God made a man, Adam, red man or ruddy man, man from the clay. He made Adam and said, I want him to have dominion over the earth because I want a smaller version of myself. I want him to handle the earth the way I handle heaven. So when Jesus prayed, our father, that kingdom come, that will be done, on as it is in, what he's saying is, I want the earth to look like heaven. And I want man to be the ones that run it for me. So God created Adam. And we had dominion. And that dominion did not stop with any created thing. Everything in the earth is under our feet. Every situation in your life is under your feet. Anything that looks like it's face-to-face with you is an illusion because the Bible makes it clear that you are to have dominion over every single thing that creeps upon the face of the earth, and you were created from earth. So anything that creeps up into your life, you've got dominion over it. It's hard to applaud if you see things in your life and you're struggling. Like, that's easy for you to say, I got bills. But God is saying, I'm bigger than your bills. I'm bigger than your need. I have supply. I want to teach you the principle of dominion, that when you speak a thing, it has creative power. When you keep declaring a thing, because you came from the original voice of God, when you speak, you echo the authority that you came from. And so when you speak in the earth, it's as if God is backing your words. Somebody should give God about four and a half seconds of Lakewood praise. I Think Pastor Joel was in my notes because even in his, in his exhortation, he said, There's a sound. He said, There's a sound in our worship tonight. Some of y'all might not have caught that, but he said, There's a sound in our worship. This is the thing I love about my pastor, is he sneaks in Revelation and he's so chill and so nice. He done bust your head with a Holy Ghost nugget, and if you're not careful, it'll slip right past you. He said, There's a sound. In this church tonight that heaven is responding to he said heaven hears a different sound when you begin to clap and shout and wave that is not emotion that is a signal from earth to heaven from my heart to the heavens Jesus for no reason, the band is gone and you in your green chair and you're at your house right now looking at your computer telling your kids to be quiet, let them talk. You go and just, you focus, stay right here. Give them some crackers and you stay with Jesus. This is a moment where you can give God uninterrupted worship for no reason. You can can clap and applaud because your worship is actually setting an atmosphere for what's about to come next that I declared last week is when you worship, you're actually establishing dominion. See, because whatever you worship, whatever can hear your worship, the object of your worship has authority over that area. So if I'm worshiping God on top of my bills, then my bills are no longer my God. My God is God of my bills which means he will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. When I begin to worship God after a negative doctor's report, then Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 becomes active in my life. When I begin to worship God in spirit and in truth, then God begins to move. He is motivated by our worship. Our worship establishes dominion. Y'all got me yelling early. I need to calm down. I'm glad they got me a proper size bath towel this time. Instead of those napkins they've been giving me. (laughs) Some of the other principles about dominion, the Bible says that God gave Adam boundaries. He said, of all these trees you can eat, except that one. Tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you can't eat it, for on the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And right after that depressing conversation, study it, it's so funny, God's like, don't touch that, you're gonna die. It's not good for you to be alone. So funny that the moment God gives boundaries, then he brings the blessing. This is for my single people. You want God to bless you, but you don't have your boundaries established. And until you get your boundaries established, God's not sending anybody, because if you don't have boundaries, you'll do anything. And not only will you do anything, you'll settle for anything. He don't look like nothing on your prayer list, but because he got two legs and some teeth. Jesus, that's my husband, thank you. Girl, run. That is not the promise. God gave Adam boundaries. Don't eat from that tree, Chris. For on the day you eat of it, you will surely die. But I don't want you to think I'm all law. I don't want you to think it's all about work. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you boundaries. But the boundary is so that you can have maximum benefit in the place that I'm planting you. So then it says, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a helper for him. The Bible says that, God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. He took a rib, closed the place of his flesh, made a woman. Now, for the single men, and I said this last week, this is my last uh, point from last week, and then we're going to get into this week. This is just getting y'all caught up for those who were disobedient to the Holy Ghost and didn't come last week. <laughs> you know Jesus told you to get in the car. You know, like, nah, I need to go home because my, my kids and I got to make them a grilled cheese sandwich, whatever. Give him some cheez and get to church. <laughs> Woo. God closed the place of Adam's flesh for any single man in this room. If you're serious about walking in dominion and authority and relationship, if you really want a woman of God, then ask the Lord to close the place of your flesh. Because the Bible says, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. But the word find in that scripture actually means he who discerns. That means you can't see her from the flesh because a lot of things look good that aren't good. Stop looking with the eyes of the flesh. I don't care how cute he is, how light his eyes are, how much money he's got, how many cars he's got, how good she looks in her outfit. I get all of that. But the Bible says, charm is deceitful, beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Man of God, you want a worshiper. You want a woman that'll serve God, that walks in integrity, that doesn't have to show all of her assets in order to get attention. You want a woman that knows how to be modest and classy, Keep her nails done, keep some lotion on her hands. She ain't walking around a little ashy. You want somebody classy, loves God, but has just enough edge that if something went down, she knows how to handle her business. That is what you want, man of God. Can I get an amen from any women that are ready to be found by a man of God? You ain't ready to be found. Sit down. I found you. She's talking about amen. Focus, boo. (laughs) So the Bible says that you discern a wife. That means you've got to talk to her father about who she is. Not just her earthly father, her heavenly father. So ladies, women of God, if a man wants to approach you, make sure that he has to go through the fence, Of prayer that he goes through the fence of accountability. If he doesn't want to meet your pastor or your small group leader, or doesn't want to meet one of the deacons or somebody that you trust, bad sign. Anything secret? I just feel like right now we just need to keep it real quiet right now, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not sure which way we're going to (laughs) go. No, this is the devil, get out of here. No, if we can't walk around the Galleria real uh, in the middle of the day, hey, he with me. We just friends, can I get a kiss? No, friends don't kiss. Make sure that you have your boundaries. Somebody should give out a praise break right there. So if you want the rest of it, you gotta go get the CD from last week. But right now, I gotta get into this right here. Right now, go to Genesis chapter two, reading from the New King James Version. Genesis chapter two, and as you're getting there, I just wanna thank God. Uh, Today's my daughter's first time at church, and I'm grateful she's five weeks old, and so she's back there, and I'm, but I'm grateful because, that's my, that's my little garden. That's my wife. That's my son. That's my daughter. And we are a small portion of land in a greater garden called Lakewood. The Bible says, planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish in the courts of our God. When you get planted in the right soil, everything you touch begins to grow. When you're in a healthy climate, when you're in a healthy place, when you've got great leadership, when you've got pastors who actually love God and love each other, I feel the Holy Ghost, you begin... To see fruit in your life. It's almost like the Obed-Edom anointing. When the ark of God went to Obed-Edom's house, not only was he blessed, but everything connected to him was blessed. Didn't even have to believe what he believed. It was just close enough to get a touch of the glory. And I want you to know if you stay connected right here, like Pastor says, give him a year of your life. Give this church a year of your life and watch God do supernatural things in your world. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, New King James Version. Shout out to my brother, Pastor Jacob, Bergai, and Tara, all the way from Faith Fellowship, Pastor Damola, young adult pastors there in New Jersey came here. Good to see you. You got your New Jersey hair. You got it all slicked back. What is this, Jersey Shore? All right. Thus the heavens and the earth, and all the host of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, And he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. This is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created, in the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, before any plant of the field was in the earth, before any herb of the field had grown. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth, and there was no man to till the ground, but a mist, went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Watch this. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. This is dominion part two. First thing you need to know about you, you might be a little dusty, but you ain't all dirty. You need to to write this down because when you you struggle in your walk, because we all have issues, we call them flesh issues. We were created from the dust of the earth. But we're not just dust because you can't make anything from dust. You ever tried to make something from dust? It's just a dust ball. You have to add what? Water. Water and dust make clay. I am the potter, you are the clay. So God actually allowed water to come up from under the ground in order to form this clay. Then he formed it with his hands and breathed into it. Now, here's something that's going to blow your mind. This is for anybody who's struggling with finance, struggling with a business idea, struggling with anything that looks like increase or looks like, you know, financial struggle or you believe in God for a house? You're like, we're in the middle of a recession and high unemployment. I get all of that. But we're not connected to the world's economy exclusively. In fact, we're connected to this economy only because we live in this earth, but we are connected to God's economy. And even though the Bible says there was no rain, there was still water. Where there is water, there is life. What I want you to know is that there was water up under the ground. I need you to know that even though it looks dry on the surface, you've got reserves. I'm trying to help somebody. I'm, I'm, I got some points. I got to get through them because my, my clock is ticking down fast. You need to know that everything connected to your life is not where people can see it. And God did that on purpose because some of us are not strong enough to tell the right people no. Because some people just know how to push your emotional buttons. I just can't, I just need some, I'm struggling right now. You've been struggling for 32 years. And there's nothing wrong with struggle if it's a real struggle. But enablement is different from struggle. Or maybe there are people in your life that you just haven't, been able to get victory over emotionally, and whenever you're around them, you get weak. Same reason that a lot of females end up getting back with the person that they broke up with, and then you get back with them, and then you break up again, and you need to remember why you broke up with them in the first place. But God is saying in this season, what looks dry on the surface, you've got reserves up under your feet. God is getting ready to give you substance that the world doesn't know about. It's about to rain, but it's about to rain from up under you. Literally everything around you is going to begin to grow. Watch the supernatural growth of God begin to overtake key areas of your life. And so while it's drought everywhere else, it's going to be feast. For your family, feast for your hopes, and feast for your dreams, an abundance for your heart, an abundance of peace and joy. Does anybody believe that this is how God wants to work when you apply the principle of dominion? God has given us dominion, and I want to give you some, I, so, some places that we need to grab dominion. Last week we talked about the general principle, but now I want to talk about some key areas. Are you ready to write? The first one is dominion of identity. When you get dominion, the, Bible, the word dominion means to tread upon, to overtake, to, to be in charge of, to, to, to literally like, to just bulldoze, oh, it's all mine. Dominion. You need to have dominion over your identity. Then you have to have dominion over your image. There's dominion of identity. There's dominion of image. Watch this. And there's dominion of imagination. Those are different things. Dominion of image, dominion of imagination, dominion of relationships, dominion of appetite, dominion of the mind. And then my pastor got my last one, if I can get to it. It's the dominion of sound. So you got to stay with me because you already know where that one was going to go, but you, you ain't ready. You ain't even ready. Anymore. You ain't ready. You are not just a human being. You are a word that God spoke. You are not an accident. You are not the function of a romantic encounter between mom and dad. You are the express will of God for this moment in the earth. If you are alive right now, there is something that only you can do that no one else can do. But until you take dominion over the thing you were created to do, the earth is suffering. Romans 8, 18 and 19 says, for I consider that the sufferings of this present age are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly awaits the revealing of the sons of God for the earth has been groaning with pains until now. The earth is a living thing waiting for somebody to take dominion and it's waiting for the sons of God to take dominion. It's waiting for people to take dominion. Have you ever seen somebody functioning in greatness? I have. That's what I talked about last week when I saw Pastor Joel and Victoria in Miami and I watched him on stage at Potential Church and how that really impacted me and it informed this thing that the Lord was saying. He's walking in dominion. That's what God said to my spirit. He's walking in dominion. And dominion doesn't mean that you got to, you know, be, be abrasive with people or loud or yelling, I'm in charge, I got dominion. That. Because real power doesn't yell, it whispers. You don't believe me? When God wanted to show who was in charge, when Elijah ran to the mountain after he killed the prophets, Jezebel was like, I'm going to get you. And he ran, and there was an earthquake, and there was a big old firestorm, and there was all this loud noise and thunder. Then all of a sudden, it was what? The still? Well, why was the voice small? Because he was close. Real power doesn't have to yell, it whispers. When you really have dominion, you don't have to shout it. You'll walk in it. People know dominion when they see it. LeBron James doesn't have to tell anybody he's the best basketball player in the world. Everybody knows it, even the people that play. They wanna be where he is. You don't have to ask certain entertainers if they're the best at what they do, or certain artists if they're the best at what they do. They know it. When you start walking in dominion, you become legendary. You look at guys like Ali. He was the greatest of all time. He kept declaring it. People now will say, well, there were other guys that punched harder and did this and that. But people will always say he was greatest heavyweight. He walked in dominion. You look at people who are well-known. They took dominion over an area, dominion over entertainment, dominion over politics. You look at families that have been influential in politics over generations, and I could name names, but I want to keep things separate, but you can do this on your own. Look at where they took dominion and how that thing was established. When one person took dominion, it had ramifications for generations. You need to start getting serious about the thing you were created to do because it's not just about you, it's, for be- it's about everyone who is connected to your life and everyone who will come after you. My son is John W. Gray the fourth and he will not have to hit on doors as hard as I did because if I live my life right, then my name will go before him because I took dominion over the things that my father did not. Something's about to break in this room. Somebody say dominion. Dominion of identity. Who am I? What's my purpose? And what's my position? That's the foundational, fundamental question that we all have. And if we don't have it, we need to have it. And I don't care if you're 8 or 80. You are still alive. You need to ask God, what's your purpose? You can retire from a job, but you cannot retire from purpose. You've got something that only you can do. You have a role to play that is critical to the kingdom. And you have the breath of God on the inside of you to get it done, which means all you really got to do to start moving in dominion is start speaking. You need to just start talking. People already think you're crazy, so just put in some earphones. Just start walking around talking. Just walk around the building. Lord, this building belongs to me. I just, I thank you. I, this, this is mine, and we're going we're gonna to serve the Lord. I'm going to have my offices right there, and then I'm going to have a kitchen put in right there. You got $3 in your savings account currently, that you transfer between checking and savings, see, because my savings, see, and see, my checking, see, is interest only. But what that does, it gets God excited that they are not looking at their current circumstance. They're looking at the declaration that I gave them, which is you have dominion. Can somebody give praise other than the nine people that… Your life is a garden. You've been given dominion over your garden. There's only certain things that will grow in your garden. Nobody else will be able to maximize the production of your garden like you. You can invite whoever you want in. You can give them all kinds of tools, but it won't be the same as when you put your hands in the ground and do what you were created to do because no matter how much you try to lend people space, it's still your garden. No matter how many times you try to get somebody else involved in your dream, it's still your dream. God says you can bring everybody you want in. I'm Talking to you on this because you bring other people in because you are afraid. Let me tell you how we lose dominion. Look at Genesis 3 quickly. We know what the serpent did, we know how he spoke to Eve. And he lied in the fourth verse because he said, did God say not to eat from that tree? She said, yeah. He said, if we eat from there, we'll die. He said, no, no, you won't. He lied. He's a liar. Jesus said he's been a liar from the beginning. He's the father of it. He's the progenitor. He's the originator of a lie. You don't reason with devils. You have to cast them out. Stop texting devils back. You know he ain't no good. You know she's not no good. You know they're going to suck you back into a thing God's been delivering you from for a little while. Stop replying. If you got to, do not answer. It's the enemy. At some point, stop falling over the same sin. Get a new one maybe, but stop doing mess with the same sin. Get delivered from at least one. Dominion of identity is close to dominion of proximity. Because here Eve ate the fruit and the Bible says and she gave it to her husband who was standing there. And that's the problem right now. So many men have relinquished dominion, have allowed foreign voices to speak into their family, to speak into their children, to speak to their wives. And now your whole family structure is messed up. Notice that after... They ate the fruit, it says in the seventh verse. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. How many of us get outside of God's will and then try to do a patchwork job? We try to fix it ourselves, pastor. It's interesting that it was fig leaves because if you look in Matthew... You got to write this one down. It'll bless you. Matthew 21 and 19. Just keep it there. Matthew 21 and 19. Jesus saw a fig tree from a distance, got up on it, and all it had was leaves. And he cursed the tree. Said, well, why would you curse the tree? It was just growing. He said, no, because if it's got leaves, it needs to have fruit. Don't play with me. There was a principle. In the garden, we sewed fig leaves together to cover our nakedness. Jesus walked up on another fig tree and all those leaves represented this. Just in case somebody wants to get out of the will, I'm here to give you a false covering. Jesus cursed the tree. Nobody's gonna believe this lie anymore. You can't cover your sin yourself. You can't hide from God trying to do it your own way. Jesus cursed the fig tree. Some about them fig leaves. Identify the fig leaves in your life. Identify the things that you try to sew together to cover up your nakedness. Because before the fall, the Bible says they were naked and unashamed. And I'm not talking, they weren't talking physical. What they were saying is they were uncovered before each other. And they weren't afraid to show their vulnerabilities. How many husbands and wives sew fig leaves together? at the damage of your own intimacy. How many single people struggle to get to a place of wholeness because you've sown fig leaves over the emotional trauma of a bad breakup or a bad relationship decision or something that you did in your past and now it's difficult for you to trust and to love and to open up because you've got fig leaves everywhere. And Jesus says, I'm cursing fig leaves and the tree. That means not only am I taking the leaves, I'm cursing it at its root so that you won't even have the ability to get the leaves again. I want you whole. And the only way you can get whole through the blood of Jesus. The righteousness of Jesus through his sacrificial blood is the only thing that makes us right with the Father. You can't make yourself right. I can't make myself right. The law does not save us. Only the blood does that. Can somebody give God a praise right there? The Bible says that Eve gave the fruit to her husband who was standing there. Dad, gone. That clock moved fast. I think they'd be playing. Don't play with me. Play with my emotions. The Bible says that in Genesis 3, read, after they sowed the fig leaves together in the seventh verse, the eighth verse. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God um, among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? What he's saying is... Who stole your dominion? Who stole the dominion of your identity? Who gave you a false reality and made you believe it was true? Who told you that your past dictated your future? Who told you that that failure was as good as it's ever going to be? Who told you you were naked? Who told you you weren't loved? Who told you it would never, ever work out in your favor? Who told you that? Notice that it didn't say that he heard the Lord walking in the garden. It says he heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. God wasn't walking, just his sound. Let me tell you why. And for those who don't believe that, like, what are you talking about? They had fellowship, they were face-to-face. Well, then you need to kind of read John 1.18 that says no man has seen God at any time. Or maybe you need to go to 1 John 4 and 12. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. So if no one has seen God at any time, then clearly... Adam wasn't afraid of the face of God, just the sound of God. Why was the sound walking through the garden? Because when you walk in ultimate dominion, you don't even have to be there. You can just speak in your words. Thank you, sir. I think it's time for me to go, but The dominion of sound. God is so great. He spoke, created the earth, put his hands in the dirt, formed it, breathed into it, and then stepped back. And his sound was walking in the garden, looking for fellowship. Sound was looking for sound, and instead sound got silence in return. And the silence of Adam was the loss of dominion. When Adam got quiet in that garden and let the serpent talk to his wife. Man of God, you cover that woman. You cover her emotions. You be everything she needs. You don't allow the guy at work to keep telling her how pretty she is and how cute she is. And you sure do smell nice. That is the serpent. Get up to that job. Yeah, I heard you was complimenting my wife. I just want you to know I'm crazy. Amen. Try me if you want to. Take dominion over your bride and don't allow the enemy to whisper in her ear because if you stand by while it happens, God's not talking to her. He's going to ask you, where were you? When the fall went down, God didn't ask Eve nothing because God created Eve for Adam, but God gave Adam dominion. He expected him to tell her what the mission was. Man of God, stop blaming your wife. Stop telling her what she's not doing. She is a garden. She will grow what you seed. If you seed it, she will be it. If you want more love, sow more love. If you want more patience, sow patience. She can't help but produce what you sow. If you sow words of life, words of life. If you sow, she will grow. God wants dominion back in the family. I'm speaking to men because God wants your voice back in the garden. Your voice needs to be real loud over them kids. I know you're tired. You're working two jobs. Your kids are teenagers. They think they grown. Walk in that house. Take that Xbox. Break it in half and say, until we get God as the first thing in this family, not another game will be played. Turn off Real Housewives of Atlanta. Love and hip-hop, bye-bye. Hardcore porn, you're out of here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. When you declare it, heaven has to back it. Somebody give God a praise break right now. That's a sound that gets heaven's attention. I don't know why I'm on this, but I got to speak this. I'm speaking to husbands and wives that God wants to restore some things. I don't know who I'm talking to. Keep fighting. I don't know who I'm talking to. Keep fighting because God's going to get glory out of that situation. God's going to get glory out of your marriage. Stay right there. Stay right there. Listen, the the dominion of imagination will cause you to think that something other than what you have will make you happy. If I just made a different decision, if I just, my mama told me not to fool with you, I just, you just get on my nerves. Women stop sowing those seeds because a man acts strong, he responds to your voice. A woman's words are as strong as a man's fists. Guard your words, woman of God. A woman's words are as strong as a man's fists. You can speak and build him, or you can speak and break him in half. Second Corinthians 10 and 4 says, casting down imaginations, the King James Version. The dominion of imagination, you have to cast this down. My time is up, I guess we're going to have to do part three. The dominion of imagination means you cast down anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So you've got to bind the imagination of the alternate life. Bind the imagination of the alternate life. What does that mean? The alternate life is the life you wish you could have when you're in trouble. I'm trying to help somebody because you're so focused on what you could have done 13 years ago and who used to like you and I got with you but you know the other one to start a basketball team like me but no my mama told me it was something about you there was a reason why mama said that because she knew what you don't know that what he is now is not what he's going to be in a few minutes and once he gets a hold to the principle of dominion that man is going to be the key to you living the life woman of God that you've always chosen same thing on the other side man of God God has equipped that woman to be the one to help you meet destiny I don't care who else is whispering to you who's inboxing you on Facebook who's direct messaging you on Twitter it is the devil it is the serpent and he's looking for a way into the garden I gotta go I gotta go the dominion of imagination. Pass down evil imagination. But Pastor Victoria, I love it. When you and Pastor Joel say, Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all, you can ask or think according to the power that's already working in you. God says, put down the imagination of the enemy and pick up the imagination of God and begin to take dominion over your mind, dominion over your appetite, dominion over your imagination. I'm praying for it. You. you ain't got to leave your kids. It's fine. If you leave, I'm coming up there. Let's pray. Let's pray. I'm sorry I'm late. I'm black. Pray for me. Have you been blessed? Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, thank you for dominion. Thank you that you've given us authority. Thank you that you've given us favor. Thank you that you've given us power. Think that you're awakening us to the reality of the thing we were created for. Allow these principles to begin to move us into a place of authority in the earth that causes heaven to back the words of our mouth. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're in here right now and you need to give Jesus your life, you know I'm talking to you. Wave your hand like you don't care. Wave your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. And if Jesus Christ is the King of kings, somebody say, oh yeah yeah look at those people waving people getting saved there's the joy of the lord in here if you're in here and you know that you're supposed to be a part of the lakewood family pastor joel and victoria would love to be your pastors if that's you you know your family needs to be here what better place to be than right here with us if that's you wave your hand right now if you know god is speaking to you look at my family we got family look at our new family members we are related Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I confess that Jesus is Lord. I believe it in my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Give me the Holy Ghost so I can live a holy life. I give you my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believed you are saved. We've got so much information out in the vestibule. Go get it. On behalf of our pastors, Pastor Joel and Victoria, God bless you. We're going to have to continue dominion. That means you got to bring some people for Pastor Lisa and for me for Wednesday nights. Get here. We love you. In the meantime, God bless. Get home safe and give God a praise on your way out.